Hello, everyone, and welcome to the premiere Last of Us Recap and Review Podcast. Fungus. Fungus. Fungus! I am, of course, your host, Jesse Wind. And with me today, from the red wastes of Texas, Patrick Ramirez. How you doing, brothers? Glad to be here. Oh, yeah, brother. I couldn't be happier to have you here on this most excellent day. Hell yeah. And with me and the righteous Patrick Ramirez is our other bombastic host, Macho Man John Savage. If COVID couldn't kill me, nothing can. <laughs> Thanks oh. for having me, Jesse. I'm so <laughs> glad you're not dead, John. Thank you for being with us. Me too, John. Today, we will be discussing episode four of the Last of Us, titled, Please Hold to My Hand. <laughs> what the fuck is that title? <laughs> oh, man. That's not it English. It doesn't make sense. That's for I mean, sure. I mean, it's English. It's just the words don't make sense. <laughs> okay, fair when, don't you Don't you tell your loved one that when, when you're feeling scared? Please hold to my hand. Please hold to my hand. <laughs> you know, love the, more, to me. the more I say it, the more it kind of does make sense. I think maybe my brain is melting. <laughs> oh man! Well, did anybody hold hands in this episode? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great question. Who held hands, Patrick? I would love to know. I maybe I'm just making this up now, but I almost was pretty sure Joel held uh, Ellie's hand. Pretty when? sure that didn't happen. Let me think. <laughs> maybe that didn't happen. <laughs> Did it really not happen? You're a fucking liar. Well, no, he touched her hand with the gun. So yeah. So yeah, it's that, please. That's the, that's the show. To please, my gun hand. Please, please hold to my hand. She gun. he held the gun ah, to her hand, right? Yes, yes. She was holding her hand to her hand, and, and so he she was telling her, her own hand to hold to my hand. That Ellie, makes sense. Okay. Ellie, Ellie told Ellie's hand to hold to her hand. <laughs> yes, ah, that yes. makes sense. What did the right hand, the left hand, say to the right hand? Hold to oh, me. You <laughs> sound so, you sound so f punny. God, now we're. Great I just want to talk, talk about this the whole time. I was like, is the title a pun now? I think they just fucked up. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, so somebody was tired uploading that. There was like a scene where this happened and they cut it out, but they forgot to change the name of the episode. I think the sweaty who uploads these put two in and everyone involved is like we can't take it out now we can't take it out now someone will notice <laughs> they'll know we fucked up spoilers we already know you fucked up <laughs> yeah also the name of this episode clearly should have been lady Chekhov's gun no yes um sure or a pun you know either one um so let's sell is that maybe what? the name of that song that she played in the car or something? Uh, the Hank Williams song? Yeah. No, that's, uh, I believe that was a different song. Well, Patrick can Google it while I... I am literally Googling it right now. It was, start uh, off this I'll episode recap. I'll never get out of this world alive. <laughs> oh. Or no, Alone and Forsaken? Is that what they played? Yeah, Alone and Forsaken. Nothing Hello, to do with hands. and welcome to the premiere review and recap <laughs> podcast. Let's, let's just start over. <laughs> Where we know exactly what the fuck we're talking about. Everyone who's still listening, <laughs> you just get a gold star now. That's amazing. <laughs> and with me from the red waste of tech. Uh, okay. 
So Ellie starts this episode off by just staring herself down in the mirror and playing with the gun she commandeered. El- everything Ellie does is the exact opposite of a thing I would do. Discuss? <laughs> I like when she smelled it. That was funny. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like how she's like, I don't know. It seems like a, one, on the one hand, it seems like she's held the gun like before and she's she knows how to kind of handle the gun i guess but on the second on the other hand it's like she's smelling it <laughs> it seems like something you do if you've never held a gun before yeah know. she didn't smell like the barrel where the bullet comes out she smelled like that was good that, the action where the bullets go in <laughs> what what did she think she was gonna smell yeah maybe she likes the smell maybe just from like she hasn't held a gun in a while and she like oh yeah i love the smell of like gun and her metal and oil i, I honestly smell of gun in the morning yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly, the she did it in like a weirdly confident way at first. And I kind of thought we were going to learn that Ellie used to be some badass. And she like my because my brain always tries to fill in plot holes, assuming we will find out later. But when she did it, I was like, man, she's smelling it to see when the last time it was used was, man. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know maybe it's not after we were wrong about the transformers like i don't know about anything anymore maybe the gun just smelled really bad like that gun has just been inside people's buttholes and it smells like butthole but uh, no it was was gonna say a clean dusty drawer maybe the drawer smelled like butthole so it's possible that's where they keep their buttholes (laughs) no dude dude okay hold on do you think that's Frank? Is Frank the boyfriend? Yeah, the good smelling boyfriend. It's, yeah, it's do you think that might have been Frank's, Frank's gun? Well, it might have been Bill's like quick access uh, kitchen or whatever that table or drawer was. Chest of drawers. Those yeah, the, the little dining room, right? That's his emergency dining room gun. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I was just thinking maybe it smelled good. I wonder if we'll ever find out why she smelled the gun. I think it's probably just likes the smell of metal. That's what I'm sticking with. She likes Frank's the smell like, of metal. <laughs> Bill's like, Frank, you gotta stop using cedarwood oil on the guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lavender scented gun. Yeah. <laughs> I just assume whatever he made the, the sleeping bag smell good with, maybe that rubbed <laughs> oh, off yeah. on it. That's yeah, why Frank's. I said that. that so we have good. one vote on she likes the smell of metal. Uh, <laughs> and one vote for maybe it was Frank's perfume. What are you going with, John? Uh, butthole drawer. Definitely butthole, butthole drawer. Butthole drawer. 100%. Everybody has a butthole drawer, so fair. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, so the pun book. Love when it. she starts, thank you, right? When she starts reading out of the pun book and he's like, no. I thought he was going to have some kind of like gnarly flashback about his daughter or something. Did anybody pick up on the no being different than the line immediately afterwards? Or is that just me again? Uh, I did not pick up on that. I just thought he was like, oh, God, now I'm going to hear this on the rest of our road trip. Yeah, that was the vibe I got as he was like, I'm already annoyed by you. And now this? Come on. I, man, I wish I had, we could share a screen so I could just play this fucking face to you. It's such a weird face he makes. And he says no so despondently. But... And then it, I was also wondering if it lends credence later when he actually knows the answer to one of the puns. I, I mean, I just, it feels like he has some experience with this book. Maybe. Maybe. 
Uh, the oh. book is a uh, verbatim from the game, <laughs> which I thought yes. was awesome. Even even some of the puns. I I was wondering how many things were references from the game today. Like not to skip around narratively, but there's like art at the end of the episode that I was like, I bet this is just straight out of the fucking game. Mm. The ar- the art on the walls and stuff. I keep getting these TikToks where it's like the game footage on the bottom and then the show footage on the top and how it's like they're basically the same thing. Some of them yeah. are like unbelievably awesome. Yeah, they're just it's cool to see it in real life. Man, you guys got to send me some of these TikToks because I haven't seen a single goddamn one of them. Let me let me to show. <laughs> okay, to show you the let's pause the show for a second. <laughs> um, so then they're traveling down the down the highway. They uh, he's siphoning gas and very eloquently explains how you siphon gas out of a car about the way I would. Very scientific. Very scientific. I, I loved that part because I relate <laughs> to that on a spiritual level, especially in my field of work where my employees will ask me, hey, why do we do this thing? And I'll just look at them like, because I said so, motherfucker. I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. Like, like, I know how it works. Just do it. It's just do it. I'm sorry. I don't know the word vacuum, pressure, whatever. I suck on the tube and the fucking gas comes out. I, I like how it's, uh, it reminds me of the time before you could just Google everything. Like if someone asks you a question, just like, uh, do you try to like explain it from like your like baseline working knowledge of how something works and it's like not complete or correct. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, you hit, you're like, I know it's has something to do with this, but it just, it just works. Yeah, well, he tried to start off sounding smart, too, because he's like, it's when liquid travels against gravity because of pressure. And he's like, out of gas. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So they they siphon the gas. I also like how he's like, yeah, we have to do this all the time now because all the gas has broken down. Yeah, I like like to imagine that truck is getting like 16 gallons per mile or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally every 20 minutes they're stopping to get fucking gas for sure yeah he's like oh it used to be able to travel so far on one tank of gas yeah, like 12 hours <laughs> where did you go <laughs> nowhere really yeah, pretty much nowhere I-, I related to that art i was like god damn he's right it's like <laughs> they have these magical magical things that can take us so far and do all the kinds of shit and like i'd go nowhere nowhere cooler fun so uh, the, they they travel, traveling, traveling, drone shots, traveling. They finally make camp by very inconspicuously driving their truck through a perfectly mowed field that leaves perfect tire tracks to where they're going to stay in camp. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to know you, they were there. I'm glad you noticed that, Jesse, because I thought that too. I was like, what's even the point of going off the road at that point? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Uh, I love that. He has 20-year-old Chef Boyardee, though. Love it. <sighs> I'd eat this it. this this whole scene in camping in the woods. Uh, I talked with a friend today about this, and we were like, you know, what would you do uh, if, like, let's say this happens to you in real life? Like, there's an apoc- there's some kind of apocalyptic apocalyptic event, and you got to just leave, like, with what you got. If you have anything ready to go to help you in this kind of situation, like, you know, what would you miss? Um, like living in this kind of in this way. And the first thing I said was like good food because <laughs> i'm betting i would be eating 20 year old chef boyardee cans and like just shitty can per- per- non-perishable food 20 years after it was made and i got real sad thinking about all the stuff i would eat like that <laughs> that's yeah. fair 
my uh my prepper food that I have personally is black beans and white rice. And uh, I think I would get sick of that probably within like three days. Right, like day two, you're just like farting nonstop. Just like, I can't take it anymore. Just shoot me in the head, man. I fucked this shit. I'd just rather be dead than eat beans and rice again. <laughs> yeah. But he is weirdly regular now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and then we went down this rabbit hole where I was like, I got to start prepping, man. Like, those guys got a point, I think, you know, got to have something ready to go. You know. And, and then I'll I've, just, it'll just prolong my death for two weeks and then I'll be dead. 100%. <laughs> I really would have argued with you about this, um, let's say, four or five years ago. But now we might need to start learning some knots and how to make a fire and how many cans of Chef Boyardee we can carry around with us. <laughs> I'm going to start bearing Chef Boyardee <laughs> randomly around yes. around, this, around the DFW area. <laughs> Dude, I love that. I got you sound like cash. one of those people who sneaks into the concert venue early, like the outdoor oh, concert, yeah. you bury liquor under Buries the ground to dig up vodka. later. <laughs> yeah. That guy's but got instead, it's just SpaghettiOs. <laughs> but it's just SpaghettiOs. Yeah. yeah. I, I like this fantasy. So nightfall they're uh in one very good smelling sleeping bag and one probably regular smelling sleeping bag uh and she asks him is anyone gonna find us and he says very confidently no and then his face very much says otherwise <laughs> cut and to he's, he's standing guard because he's very much worried about someone finding them well, like exactly. he, he, com- he comforts Ellie. He says, like, uh, well, after she, I think she, she's worried about robbers, right? And then she's like, oh, they're just going to rob us. He's like, oh, they'll have way more in mind than that. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Uh, cut to me thinking about, like, The Road, that book by uh, Cormac McCarthy that's pretty brutal living in, like, post-apocalyptic America, kind of similar thing. But uh, then, like, I thought that was kind of nice of him. He's, like, does trying to comfort her, and he... I don't know if he straight up lies to her, but he says something to her that maybe he doesn't fully believe. Because, yeah, you do cut to him standing guard in the middle of the night with his rifle, you know? Yeah, I I definitely see that my interpretation of that is he did believe that at first. But when you have somebody that you care about more than yourself, you start to really over or really analyze the situation. And so I bet if he was by himself, he would have fucking gone to bed. And he's he would have thought he could handle it. But as soon as someone questioned if he's 100% sure about it, he knew that he couldn't be and that he couldn't sleep having, like, left that door open. Mm-hmm. It was really touching. Him staying up all night to protect her, it, it's a bit the biggest sign of care I think we've gotten out of him yet. And I mean, this episode don't. unpacks it. What's up? We don't we don't know that he stayed up all night. Maybe he got up for like five minutes and he stood guard. And then he was like, "Hey, fuck this," and he just went back to bed. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm thinking he maybe heard something and he like gets up. But I don't know why you'd stand up. You know, it seems like that's that's like a it's a cool like shot, I guess. But in like reality, and like me thinking about it, I'm like, ah, that's probably like the last thing you should do is like stand up with your gun and just look around, kind of like a dummy. <laughs> fair, fair. Is anybody out there? Hello? Hey, uh, is that you, <laughs> Rabbit? <laughs> I also, I just want to... He definitely was up all night. Oh, my God. That he probably had beans and rice, and he was just farting, you know, clearing the air <laughs> nicely oh, away yeah. from Ellie. 
You're right. Like, it's so dark. You don't even know if he has the gun when he's standing out there. He probably just went out there to fart. <laughs> Which also is a really big sign of care and fragility. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah but like, bring it if, right they, back. if they were really tight, though, they could fart in front of each other. You're right. You're right. But they're not yet, John. That's what's going to come by like episode seven. This show is just <laughs> showing the highlights. We're missing all the farts in between. <laughs> And all the time he hits Ellie for not listening. Yeah, yeah. Which that's how you show you love someone. <laughs> oh we God. all know that. That's what my dad said and did. That's what all uh, of our dads did. Yeah. The 90s were dope. Uh, um, oh, God, everybody. We're kidding. Don't do that. This um, podcast is going to be three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious coffee was made. They get in the truck. They're oh, fucking that was, that was so funny. Did you guys laugh at the percolator? I have that percolator almost. Yeah, so I, have this, I have that exact one too. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, disgust. Like, it's, just, it's funny. Like, if you'd never seen a percolator working and you look at it, like, what the fuck is going on with that thing? Like, what is what happening kind of, right now? What kind of fucked up science experiment are you doing, bud? <laughs> what, what is that? And then they like, just like, she opens the lid and it's just totally non flattering view of like shitty percolator coffee. It's like, what are you making, man? <laughs> Yeah, and if you had never been exposed to coffee before and then you saw it and smelled it, you'd be like, what is this poison? Why? Why is this? A hundred percent. It smells like dog shit or whatever. I don't remember what she said. But yeah. Uh, it smells like burnt shit. Burnt shit. <laughs> and then he takes the long, like, a just delicious, delicious slurpy slurp. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I, I wish that he would have smiled and had a bunch of grounds in his teeth because that's what <laughs> yes. percolator coffee is. It's yeah. just perfect. It's just a bunch of grounds in there. <laughs> uh they're they're they are they're continuing on the journey in the truck. She's the the little mapper, he's mm-hmm. the driver. And a conversation starts to creep uh between the two of them where she's like, if you don't think there's hope for the world, then why bother going on? I mean, like you gotta try, right? And he is done. He's he says, if you haven't seen the world, you don't know. But you just you keep going for family. And that's about it. And mm-hmm. she says, I'm not family. And then he goes, no, you're cargo. How? How do you stay up all night to protect her and you still call her cargo to her face? Yeah, he's, lying. he's lying to himself there. I mean, cargo is important, though. Cargo is important. But I think he's trying to tell himself that she's cargo to him. But he really feels, I think he actually feels differently that she's becoming more than cargo at this point. Yeah, you're right. He's definitely using that vocabulary to try and like disassociate in his mind the emotional like he weight. He doesn't want to be this. hurt again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But man, when he said that, I was like, you fucking son of a bitch. Come <laughs> on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it though. I get I get trying to protect yourself from being hurt again, you know? Yeah. Also, I mean, she's really annoying, so that could be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I love her. I, I love Ellie. I loved Ellie in this whole episode. We didn't even talk about the uh, the uh, magazine she found in the back seat. That's also <laughs> ripped from the video game. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, that was oh, one yeah. of the TikToks I saw. <laughs> that was literally right before the 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 line I was talking about, which is very funny. Um, she doesn't seem too interested in those hunky boys. Yeah, like, how do you even walk around with something like that between your legs? <laughs> <laughs> what? And the, I was like, why are these pages sticking together? <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that was great. She had a great that sense of humor. Great. Uh, 
and then just uh, tosses it out the window because I don't think she's ever going to need that magazine. Why do you say that? You know, John, if you don't know, then I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, why would you say that, Jesse? I don't know, Patrick. Why would I say that? Why would you say something like that? I don't know. <laughs> Patrick, why, why would I say I, I that? Know, I, don't, I want to know why she littered, you know. It's still a post-apocalyptic America, but still, littering is... That's you know frowned, what? That's frowned You're upon. right. I hope she dies. She deserves to die. <laughs> First, it was Joel's daughter with the metal spatula on nonstick cookware. Now, it's Ellie fucking littering, littering on, this, on this road trip. Literaling. I, yeah. I mean... I guess the real lesson of this story is that Joel is just a bad parent and all of his offspring and loved ones deserve to die because he's not leading them properly. For as much as Joel talks about family, you know, like a Fast and Furious Last of Us, uh, he is not doing a good job protecting his family because he has nobody around him. Yeah, I'm glad we agree. Oh, Lord, you too. Well, they get to the end of the fucking highway and it is blocked. I was kind of pissed about this. I feel like he should have known better than to just stay on the highway. Like, why is he not taking these, like, like side streets and shit, you know? Uh, that's because he didn't want to go through the city. But I also was thinking, like, why did you even pick the highway that goes through the heart of Kansas City, apparently? Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. You, like, why don't you pick, like, a state route or something? Yeah, there's, like, smaller highways and, like, interstate. Not interstates, but I'm, the interstate is what they were on, but there are other highways. Well, Ellie was the mapper, as uh, Jesse put it. She... Shows this route. It's her fault again. Ellie for the loss again. True. True. What would you have done if you reached the dilapidated Sarah Lee bread truck blocking your path on the highway? I would have never gone to that point because I wouldn't have taken the interstate. John, put yourself in Jill's shoes now. Let's say you blacked out while you were driving and you were on autopilot and you just came upon this situation. You think the truck could like move it or something? Like You could ram some stuff out of the way, right? With your shitty Chevy S10. That he's driving. (laughs) (laughs) I did consider it. It's pretty fucked, though. There's like a lot of cars piled up. But that was my gut instinct was to try and brute force this problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we're all fucked. Uh, So we turn the truck around and we're going to take some side roads that he says will take one single minute to get (laughs) off of the highway and back onto a different freeway or whatever. Yes. Oh boy, did it not take one minute. That was, oh boy, that was so they fast. Get, they got fucking lost. Yeah. How did, I don't understand how they got lost from something they could see. <laughs> it's like, it's the road on the exit ramp or entrance ramp, whatever. It seemed like it was just right next to the highway. Like, I feel like they should have just seen it, but maybe it was blocked up there too. I don't know. I don't know, but this is just giving more credence to your... Uh, Ellie slander. <laughs> Ellie the mapper. The mapper with no maps. She's a bad mapper. Bad mapper. Bad mapper. Bad mapper. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they get motherfucking almost bamboozled if Joel didn't know what the fuck is up. Yeah, they get hella ambushed. They meet some bastards in the city. Yeah, yeah they do. But and Joel Patrick knows who they street are. Smarts. He uses the street <laughs> smarts, though. I, I like how he's like, uh, yeah, I know about this because I've been on both ends of it before. Yeah. That was good. I liked that. Slowly. Yeah, he's like, we do what we need to to survive, you know? And it's, uh, when, oh, I felt it when he said that and it made me sad. Oh, man. We're learning a lot about that gang. Well, not a lot. We're finally learning more about his old posse and where they come from. Uh, pretty excited about that. Yeah. 
I was um I was reading or I can't remember if I was reading or listening to something or what it was, but someone was saying that like the reason that it's important to humanize your villains isn't so that you can like feel bad for them or like identify with them. It's so that you can realize that we're all like just one bad decision away from becoming a villain. Like we all have this capability in us to do horrible things. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that uh, in that part where Ellie was asking him, like, have you killed innocent people and like stuff like that? Cause I mean, yeah, like we, we want to like Joel, but like he also is human, which means he has that potential in him, right. To do the things that, we don't like and things that we might find horrifying or disgusting, disgusting or immoral or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea. Well, I think I don't like the idea, but I like that they show that who's a villain and who's a quote unquote good guy is really just a point of view from what side you happen to be on at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. And the line is very blurry and it's not really black and white. It is a lot of gray. Yeah. I feel like I don't know anything about the people from that uh from this city that we just discovered but i feel like some kind of situation like that is about to unfold from the argument with the lady and the doctor in the fucking can uh Mm -hmm. it it insinuated there was some gray going on there that patrick is just dying inside because he knows all the answers actually uh i don't know this isn't really a spoiler but kathleen uh, it's not in the game. This is a whole new character for the show. My new favorite character? Yep, she's not in the game at all. Or wow. Perry. Oh, he was cool. He reminded yeah. me of my grandpa. Perry? Oh, you mean the doctor? Uh, I'll talk oh. about somebody else. Yeah, the doctor reminded you of grandpa? No, I, I thought Perry was the uh, the old guy with the gun. Oh, uh, uh, that guy looked cool. That That is who I'm talking That's Perry, yeah. The guy with like the vest and the assault rifle and the gray beard and hair kind of. Yeah, he looks like my Yo. grandpa. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, Jeffrey Pierce, who played Tommy in the game. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. And he plays Perry the Enforcer for Kathleen, apparently. Dope. He seemed cool as fuck. I can't wait to like explore his character a little bit. It, it already cool. seems like he's going to have a little dissension going on by the time he's done being bossed around. Yeah. It seems like he may be worried about whatever is uh, brewing in that basement fucking hate you patrick <laughs> the rumbling well, i know pit. what it is <laughs> in the concrete pit yeah i think their ship rd might be boiling over that's what he's worried about they have a <laughs> vat of 30 year old ship rd cooking down there <laughs> i assume that's where the hbo show crosses over with the gears of war show and we're just gonna have locusts springing out of that hole at any moment yeah that's right marcus phoenix is gonna come out he's going to uh, say let's go and then kill a bunch of aliens or whatever played by Batista of course that's all I want can we talk about Ellie's uh, first quote unquote uh, gunshot wound that she uh, does to someone Inflicts. Uh, we didn't even talk about this scene man it was intense very intense for me the whole yeah, man. shootout the fact that she fucking paralyzed his ass she like sp- shot him in the spine Fucking brutal, man. What a fucking scene, man. I knew she had it in her, but I I really wonder what she's insinuating about the this wasn't my first time uh, deal. Yeah, but... he's got some secrets she's keeping in, uh, in the show. Yeah, well, I think cool. we know that she like escaped from a uh, 
Fedra school or whatever. So maybe she had to hurt someone to do that. Or maybe it was in the process of getting to the Fireflies or something. But yeah, I'm excited to see. I mean, it feels weird to say excited. I'm excited to see what trauma this little girl has. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I want to I wanna figure that out. I want to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder if it was in the mall DLC. Just he's talking like he knows. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. It was just the most reasonable thing I could think of. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, this whole interaction with the Street Fighters, you know, Jill takes out like one or two of them, uh, I guess. Duken. And yeah, I, I, <laughs> I literally wrote down intense scene with Street Fighter. And I was like, this sounds funny. And uh, as in, as like, I don't know, intense as I wanted to sound. I don't know. Yeah, when, when that one uh, like heavy set uh, Asian guy just thousand hand slapped a car until it fell apart, I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then that that dude uh, sneaks in through the back door, man, and takes Joel by surprise. And I I don't know how he got his gun out of his hand. Oh, I think maybe Joel had was out of bullets, maybe. And that's why he like. I think he just, was just reloading it, yeah. or whatever you call like pulling that fucking the giant metal thing on the side back is, um, yeah. the bolt thing. Yeah. But yeah, he like comes in at the door at just that second and grabs it, and they're like fighting with it sideways. Yeah, and then he would be dead if not for Ellie and her having that secret butthole gun, like uh, <laughs> popping through the crack and like shoots him, and then like immediately you see your face and. Sh- like, because the guy goes from being, like, an instant threat to being, like, this guy you almost feel bad for because he's going to die. You just don't know how. And she's like, oh, shit, man. I haven't seen, like, it seems like she had not seen that part of, like, taking a life yet. Yeah. Like, maybe the guy begging for his life in front of you, right? Yeah. He just, he becomes so pathetic all of a sudden. Like, I don't know. Maybe we don't know what happened with her first time, but maybe the last, the first time was a little bit cleaner in some way where yeah. this was whatever the opposite of clean is. Like he just, he's like paralyzed and like literally asking for his mommy and mm-hmm. like, here, take my knife. It's a cool knife. I swear. Yeah. No, it- I think that's exactly what I actually was thinking as well. Uh, the first one was probably more black and white and someone was probably being more villainous. And, uh, by the end of this, we could see them really like operating in a fit with it. Like we were saying, everybody's experiences are different. And when random people come into your safe zone or whatever, like, yeah, you're going to shake them down and find out who the fuck just came into your house. And then they immediately murder your friends. I see how that dude was pushed to the actions he had taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Uh, when you said pathetic, I think the first thing that really popped into my mind was human because when in all other moments, they're being pushed to their limits. They're doing like inhuman shit, like the worst guns are magic bullshit that we don't even deserve to have in the first place. It's not fucking sword fighting, but like that, 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 that amount of just like slaughter and carelessness for life and being pushed to the brink where you need to reprogram yourself to operate like this for the best, uh, for the best outcome for yourself and the people you care about. That's not fucking to, for me, that's not human anymore. That's going so far outside of your comfort zone, not comfort zone, but like you see him, that, that kid, that clearly was not who he was. And the moment that that situation changed, I think you got to see what kind of a person he was. And I think maybe <laughs> there is a way that that could have been 
more groveling. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It was was pretty groveling for him. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of the right word, but like it felt earnest when he was doing it to me. It felt earnest. Um, Like that dude was a wuss that came into this situation and had to nut up on a thing he was scared to do in the first place. And the second it didn't go as he thought it would, he turned into Mm -hmm. the regular little scared person he has always been. Yeah. He, he reverted back to P word mode. He's a kid. Yeah. Also both of those things, but yeah, I mean like, I think that's cool to see. Well, it's, I don't know if cool is the right word, but it's definitely more of a novel thing to see that kind of a reaction in a show like this or just on in media period. Like this is something yeah. you, I'd expect to see on like live leak or something, you know, like this is like some horrible shit you could imagine seeing in the real world this is what a lot of people would probably go to it's when you're badass and then you start losing and or you've lost you know you shot and you're gonna die and you have you have nothing left to lose or to gain like you don't know what to do like what do you revert to and just like oh man yeah asking for your crying for your mom like oh my god and i i 100 agree with what you're saying i just want to like add some context that of my what my per my the way i perceived that is that dude is not a badass. And mm-hmm. I don't think that dude thinks he's a badass. That that would change the tone of the scene for me a lot. Like, yeah. if if it was the dad from John Wick whose son's getting murdered and then he got back to that situation and he was a tough guy the whole time and then he yeah. groveled like that, I'd be like, this is a ploy. You're now doing this as a ploy. I think mm-hmm. that dude has always been a wuss and was never confident in his actions. And honestly, he might not have had context for what the fuck was going on. Like, mm-hmm. did he see the beginning of any of that? Or did he just know people that he likes just got shot? Like, he just runs into a room after seeing people bleeding out on the ground. At the at the start of all this, I only saw two people. So I don't even know where the fuck he came from. Yeah, maybe he didn't even... Because he didn't have a gun, right? No. Nah. Yeah, so, like, he brought a knife to a gunfight. So, like, he's... He's, uh... like i don't yeah now thinking about it like yeah what was he thinking what was his game plan like maybe he thought he was just going to come upon his friends that had killed the intruders and like seeing what's up but in that case why would you barge through the door like that you know a hundred percent well he fucked around and he found out i guess yeah the two genders So I'm rewatching this fight scene to really like pick up on how unprepared this guy was. Yeah, I it may I think it okay. Uh, timeout. We're wrong. He fucking rolls in there with a gun. Oh, he does have a gun. Okay, <laughs> okay. Fuck him. He's still a bullshit child that probably didn't really. We'll edit, we'll edit all this out. Yeah, <laughs> make we're, us we're sound smart. S- <laughs> thank you. Exactly. No, he he rolls in there with a fucking shotgun. Yeah, like I remembered. <laughs> Which, side note, that's what Joel should have. It always pisses me off when he's like, I'm going to defend this campsite with a fucking, like, hunting rifle. Like, that's the most inefficient. And even in this firefight situation, it's like, why are you using that? Like, almost any other kind of gun would be better than that. But that's just a little quibble that I have. Would it? In this situation, I feel like the shotgun would have only helped one out of the three fights. Yeah, that's what no, I feel those, like, too. those people were, like, 20 yards away from him at the most. I feel like he, John, they, they may John not ha- be killed from Buckshot, though, at that distance, right? Yeah, you don't need yeah. to kill him, though. You just need to hit him in the face. <laughs> 
I don't have experience with shotguns, and so I'm going to let the big boys uh, who shoot guns. I mean, a, a hunting rifle like that is not going to be sighted in at that range. Like, I don't. Did it, did this even have a scope? I think it was just like uh, iron sights, right? No, nah, I didn't have. I think it had a scope on it. Jesse, you you got the you got the scene up. <laughs> I do have the scene up. And we'll edit this down so it doesn't sound like it took me a really long time. Like, it's also not important. These idiots just... are watching the show right now. <laughs> just talking about it. The episode is two hours long because we watch 15 seconds and then we talk about it for 15 <laughs> this seconds. Is, this is just a watch. This is a watch party commentary. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I don't know, it doesn't matter. But uh, I don't know. There, There is a thing with him when he was at bill and frank's the, the guns that he didn't take or actually even before that i think in like the first or second episode when he has like an ar style or some assault rifle from fedra the fedra brand right and he's like leaves it he's like you know they're gonna have a hard time finding ammo for that which okay and then he takes like a hunting rifle and then he, he has like some kind of revolver right yeah and uh what I like about the game is that ammo is really hard to come by. It's more realistic that way. Like, I feel like it's kind of like if you just left right now and all the people around you are gone, it's like, how would you go find ammo? It's like assuming all the ammo stores are going to be hit first, right? Um, then you're just like, well, I'm just going to somebody's house and seeing what they have, you know, a random box of ammo. I have no idea what it's going to be. So I kind of like that they kind of kept the feeling of that in the show. That like yeah. you don't you don't know what you're gonna find like you don't know what's gonna be useful. Yeah. yeah, I assumed he was like intelligently grabbing things that would use the bullets you would find the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is my assumption is he was intelligent enough to be like I could probably find more hunting rifle rounds than like this yeah. uh, assault rifle or I automatic mean, honestly, rifle or whatever like, the fuck. The most amount of bullets he's gonna find is probably just the cheapest bullets that there are because that's what most people buy. Yeah. Right? I, I would assume that probably like most of the bullets you would find would be like forty five caliber or nine millimeter. That hunting yeah. rifle you had looked like it was probably like a thirty out six or something. I don't know why that would be more common to find than like a five five six or whatever that the, would be in the AR, but I don't know. We just have to kinda like live in the fiction of the universe and just accept it. So yeah. <laughs> I do. I'm the best at doing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, not I, it's not a big I, deal. I accept it. <laughs> also, no just so you know, I just from heart, without having to look it up in the episode, know now that he was using an iron sight. Okay. Yeah. That's a little bit more believable then, for sure. So, shootout happens. Oof. Ellie just scarfaces a motherfucker. Uh, he takes the gun away from Ellie. She hands it to him. He takes it. No words are spoken. Love that. He's no longer snarky. No better. Dad. He's uh, indebted my life to you. You saved me, Dad. Uh, and then they hide uh, in a shop while the whole town is getting ripped the fuck apart because of the fun coincidence of they look like they are associated with someone that those people are very upset with. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my opinion, probably the most beautiful scene in the episode takes place, uh, which is probably where the title came from please hold to my hand but uh he starts to show her how to like hold the gun properly he starts to show her like how to what what was more than just the grip like he's explaining all of it to her in a in a way that he was angry to even bring up before that 
I think it was mainly about, just like, the grip. The finger. It was a finger and then the grip. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Trigger discipline. Very yeah. important. And then also don't put it in your back. Po- don't put it in your waistband. Ba- in your waistband because you shoot your ass off. Which he does, which is yeah, very which, funny. <laughs> which he literally, that's where he keeps his gun. Just so everyone's clear. So, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm getting context for the scene again because it's, uh, he, he has the gun had previously taken it from her they're finally chill and established in a location that gonna be in for a little bit and he pulls the gun out and walks over to her and just there this was like the second growth period of this episode where his walls come down he realizes she's not completely incompetent he's starting to learn to trust someone that even though they're his daughter's age and it's almost like uh like a thank you He's giving the gun back, number one, which is a huge move for him. But then teaching her how to use it appropriately and letting her keep it. She seems so thrilled to be getting this kind of uh, like, what's the word? Like care? She, well, in this she relationship? also just wants to be included, right? Like, because yeah. I think part of it, too, for him is that he re- recognizes that he's going to have to work with her as a teammate and not necessarily as a pet <laughs> you know like yeah, you're right he realizes like yeah i'd be fucking dead right now for him for her so i'm gonna have to start like realizing that she is one of my assets and not one of my burdens yeah and this is like i i i think that was exactly what she was looking for but didn't say anything like she just wanted some recognition like reluctant recognition that she did something right or she did something that he thought is wrong, but she thought was right and ended up saving, yeah. saving Joel's life and both and and by his life, saving her life as well. Cause she'd be dead without him. You're right. And, um, and Joel's, I think initially after he, she shoots that guy that, in, that, uh, brawler guy, whatever that, um, he's pissed. Like, because she did have to save him. He's pissed that he let her down. He's let everyone else down, right? And lost everybody. And he's got Ellie as he wants to say cargo. And she she saves his life. And he's like pissed about it because she should never have been put in that situation, right? He failed and she had to do that. And then Absolutely. he thinks that he's like ruined her by like, uh, or like ruined some of her childhood by having to have her kill somebody, right? Or shoot somebody. Absolutely. And it's not like a mechanical machismo thing where he's mad that someone had to help him. He's mad that his shortcoming potentially began the adulthood scarring of this child, Mm -hmm. Uh, which I think we're all underestimating how much shit she's gone through before getting here. Um, But But also you didn't see her like crying and like, yeah, uh, what you know how you see in some movies and shows where it's like the person that knows they have to shoot somebody is like crying and they're kind of I don't know. Uh John is John is posting some rebuttals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I what episode is that from? Is that, is that from Let Me to Hold Two Hand? Um I don't know what episode that's from. John John's posting random photos of a of a scoped rifle that Joel's yeah, John holding. photoshopped a scope onto <laughs> yeah. a scene from nice, The Last of nice, Us and put nice it in our try, group John. chat. <laughs> yeah, you're Sorry, not going to totally derail what you were saying, Patrick. My bad. Uh, that's right. I don't even remember what I was saying. It was something to do with Joel and Ellie. <laughs> yeah, they had a like Jesse said, like the second come together. Or like it's not really. 
not a come together, but like a Joel's bringing down of the walls to feel again. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, I kind of stole it from the last of us, the other last of us podcast that is run by the HBO people. <laughs> and they talked about how in life, sometimes you'll find people that are more like mesh. I mean, obviously it's just called making friends usually, but like you find people in the world that are more in line with your personality or like your kind of kind of the way you see the world and react to it than your family is right which is i think most people and i don't know why that was insightful to me but it just kind of clicked like oh ellie is like the daughter he never had and could never have that is totally different from his daughter but is more like who he kind of sees himself right and she like ellie wants to be kind of like joel yeah what what That's conversation true. made you think that when they talked about um that you'll run into people in your life like you have close relationships with people in your life that are have more in common with like who you are as a person. Like you do the same things. That was a conversation in this episode in the podcast of this episode. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's what I blacked out. I'm so sorry. I was listening to your story and I was like, what scene did I miss? Jesse blacked out 30 minutes ago. But I think there is something to the idea that Ellie is like her ideal version of herself is kind of like Joel, you know? Yeah, definitely. Being self-sufficient, being tough, being scary, people not wanting to fuck with you, you know? Yeah, because that's what this world calls for in this situation for a lot of situations now. It's like, you have to be the tough person now. Yeah, and she's also constantly having her fate determined by other people, whether it be Fedra or the Fireflies or whatever. And Joel is this, like, trailblazer who just kind of determines his own fate, more or less. Yeah, like she maybe has had some uh, like little glimpses of what it's like to be that kind of person, like getting out of maybe sneaking out of Fedra school on your own. But she's now paired with someone who just does that 24-7. Yeah, you're right. Um, She does want to be him. Um, And I think I I, I liked while you were kind of dissecting the, the parental and child emotional like um, the, the needs that are being filled while they're, while they're vulnerable, their walls around being vulnerable breakdown. So the moment with the gun is like you said, she wants to be recognized as, uh, I, I said this would be right. And you said it would be wrong and it ended up saving your life, mm-hmm. but also like, be proud of me. Like I did a thing and, and like, just, Oh my God, please be proud of me. Not just that I'm right. And you are wrong, but for once I did something that helped and you can't argue about it. And I just wanted to help you and he can't talk shit about it. And he has to, and he, it's, there's such an, like they have such a good dynamic there and like her face while he's teaching her how to hold the gun and like just walking through all of it is she lights up like someone that's finally being paid attention to uh, finally seeing like being loved in the way that she wants to be loved to steal the fucking line from the last episode. But she just wants to be looked at as not an incompetent child and not a burden. Yeah. And that's the bare minimum. And she did that all without even saying any of that. That's what's crazy. Like she didn't say any of that, but like you can tell by like her body language, I think. Oh yeah. Her face, her, and, and it's, I think a, a thing that's relatable to everyone. Like, did, are, am I wrong? Like, I, I, I don't know if it's a, like, I don't think it probably matters if you had good, like good parents, bad parents, superintendent mm-hmm. parents or p- parents that were gone a lot. It's just 
you want that respect as you grow like intellectually and you want people that you respect to to compliment you and tell you you did something right and that feeling is just compounded as a child where like john was saying you have no agency in your life you're always getting bossed around people are always looking down at you um and i'm sure like this very specific incident is gonna be the the catalyst for them they're, like we watched a little like a brick at a time get knocked down around his like uh, emotional walls. But this is an inarguable like uh, uh, like I said, ca- like a catalyst now where I think they're going to start trusting each other. They're going to start working together more. It's something that sh- if she, if he starts being a dick, she can point back to and be like, yeah, you remember the last time that I saved your life? Like, yeah, you cannot just dismiss me f- f- continually now. Like. I've proven yeah, this, myself a little bit. Yeah, like this this is an inflection point for their relationship. Like this not just he's dragging her across the country, like she she now has like saved his life and she can be useful in more than whatever way he was thinking she was useful before. Um so Absolutely. along the lines of being useful, can I change the subject a little bit? Absolutely. So there was a couple things that happened, which were examples of, of Ellie being useful. There was the first one where she went through the hole in the wall and then she pulled the stuff away from the door so that he could go in. And mm-hmm. there was also when he boosted her up into the building a little bit later. And yeah. while those were going on, I was imagining like quick time events. Like when, when yeah. they were pushing the desk, I was like, okay, spin the, the analog sticks to push the desk. And then when, she, when he was boosting her up into the window, I was like, okay, mash the X button so you can push Ellie up into the window. I, yeah, was I feel thinking, like the desk thing was exactly from the game. What were you saying back then? <laughs> well, I was thinking like he's there to protect her and then he tells her, yeah, just go in this random room. But I have no idea what's in there and good luck. And also, I don't know that you have a gun. Well, he also says, make sure you look around first. And she just opens the yeah. door and he's like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That was good. Yeah, I got the same vibes, John. Like, it hit me particularly with the uh, boosting her up for the window thing. But that felt just I don't know it's from the video game, but it felt straight out of a video game. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we break and enter some more. Um, we're trying to get into the tallest building that they see in the city or a tall building that is left standing in the city. So he can figure out where they fucked up on the map and get out of there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Which by the way, I got to say, Kansas city looks about the same. (laughs) Oh man. So we got not Fedra, not, uh, fireflies. Uh, but just some third mystery party ravaging the fucking city looking for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're hiding 33rd floor of this building. He uh, sprinkles a little broken glass in front of the door in case any intruders come in. Oh, my God. It's safety glass. Safety alert glass. <laughs> safety. Oh, man. Doesn't work. So we'll come back to it. Totally not fucking working. But uh, this was another good bonding moment. I, I he think the, laughs. The, the he laughs. This is like the this is the bonding moment. I feel like this is when all the walls come down for a brief moment with the best diarrhea joke I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, the scarecrow one was pretty funny. Also, I had never uh, heard yeah. that one, and I was like, "That's actually pretty good." That is a really good one. It's not like a joke that makes you laugh. You just go like, "Oh yeah, that's funny." Like the wordplay is just so good. It's yeah. great, yeah. 
Oh, man. That's also um, another hint that maybe Jesse is right. Maybe he has read that book. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking when he just immediately pulled the answer to that out word for word. I feel like uh, he he just put that one together like with his own brain. Maybe. I could see it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if this is a Transformer incident or not. I'm running out of $5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to start a counter. I have still not given up on that Transformer thing. <laughs> I'm holding Good on. Good for you, John. <laughs> I will say someone else listened to this the first episode or the first episode episode and thought the same thing I was thinking. <laughs> I looked up Transformers exploding, so I, I backed you up, bud. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. But the uh, when they're talking about his bad hearing, or Ellie says, like, you know, it seems like you can't hear out of your right ear very well. And he's like, yeah, it's probably from all the shooting he does with his right ear close to the gun, the barrel, I guess, and or the hammer. And he's like, uh, when he goes to sleep, after they have that diarrhea bonding moment... He goes to sleep with his right ear on the sleeping bag, right? So his left ear is yes. facing up. And then yes. there's his cliffhanger ending, surprise ending. And he wakes up with his left ear on the ground on the sleeping bag. And that's why I thought he didn't hear the safety glass. Yeah. He rolled over. Rookie mistake. Rookie. God damn it, Joel. <laughs> oh, dude. I didn't pick up on that. Oh, dude. Yeah, you're right. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I, I'm well now first of all I'm glad you pointed that out um because I was just thinking I bet in all the other scenes that's why he was sleeping the way he was sleeping in like the last three episodes mm-hmm. yeah almost every single time it's that shot of him in the foreground and her in the background and I'm like what a tough guy where you can't even sleep facing the little girl but now I get it <laughs> I bet uh that 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 guy and his son are definitely not going to be like a direct analog to Joel and Ellie, right? Like they're going to be totally different and not be comparable in any way. Yeah, so, I bet the I little kid's in charge. Yeah, <laughs> the little kid actually has like a disorder where he's actually like thirty five. Yeah, just doesn't age. a Benjamin Button situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the medical definition. Uh, he's got Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> they're, they're trying to kidnap him so the scientists can try to cure the zombie outbreak virus with benjamin button disease <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know what the hell is gonna happen i was i i love the cliffhanger cliffhanger ending though and these people are not in the game either so this is cool because you can still have played all the games and you still get new stuff where you have no idea what the hell is gonna happen like that's i think that what makes the show another thing that makes the show interesting to watch i was under the impression that that little kid was actually from the game. Um, no, they are. They are from the game? The kid? They are a million percent from the game. Oh, no, now I'm going to sound like an idiot. Please hold to my hand. Oh, God. <laughs> well, they look totally different. <laughs> I don't know. They look the same to me. They don't have any red painted uh, face paint on. That's why I didn't. You know, they say that those disguises don't work for uh, superheroes, but it literally has worked on me. Well, it says that I'm not going to keep reading this because it's somehow going to spoil everything for me. But the one thing I did see is uh, the little brother, Sam, uh, is deaf in the show, but not in the game. Oh, Uh. they did a little bit of uh, hashtag representation. Oh, snap. Well, well, now that guy brings us to the end of the episode. We did it. Oh, also, I just we wanted to it. say Kathleen is awesome. Um, 
I can't Fuck wait her. to see what's going on with her. She's the worst, and I hate her. Melanie Linsky, she's great. I I, I think I'm gonna like her. I we we know almost nothing about her, but uh, I feel like she's gonna be the the Negan of the show. Right, well, first, we're not allowed to say that word anymore. Uh, second, <laughs> I didn't watch that show, so I don't know what that guy did. That's from the. Uh... The Walking Dead, right? That I, have, I do know. I have not gotten to that person. I know who it is, but I have not got to that episode. He's yet. like this it's, character that pretty much everybody likes and everything he did was totally justified. And nobody hates him for horrific things he did or anything like that. So he's a oh, psycho cool. he's psycho killer, narcissistic killer with a baseball bat with nails on it, right? And a biker jacket. Yeah, I think it's I just barbed know, wire, but yeah. It's barbed wire. Barbed wire, yeah. Okay, that's better. Yeah, I just know he's a guest character in Tekken 7. So... Yeah, he's uh, also the character that too many people cosplay at every convention. Yeah, it's not far off from just being a biker dude. <laughs> you just need a bat. <laughs> but I do love that actor. Guys, I like this show. I do like this show. A lot more than House of the Dragon. Okay, okay, calm down. Easy, buddy, easy. We got, we got, we might have carryover listeners, okay, pal? <laughs> take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> oh, man. So we've uh, come to the part in our episode where I need to know what you guys really think about the episode. Patrick, give yeah. me uh, give me a little breakdown and uh, awarded a few Percocet. I like how this episode is pretty different from, I mean, it's very different from the last one we watched and I think it's very different from the other ones. This is the first one where you see the bonding that Ellie and Joel have that takes place in this episode and they become like a team uh, kind of like we haven't seen yet. And that's the beginning of like the real story, I think. And I think it's uh, nice to see that I liked, I thought Ellie was really funny the whole episode. And I loved all the puns. And when you end on a diarrhea joke, like that's, that's like peak television for me. So I'm going to give this, uh, I'll give the last one like seven out of seven. So I'm gonna give this one six and a half out of seven Perka kingdoms. Holy shit, bud. You really like this episode. Yes. Let me to show how many times I love this episode. <laughs> six out of six and a half out of seven. Okay. John, what did you think about this episode? Well, this episode was titled Let Me Hold to Your Hand. I say, Let Me Hold to Your Penis, because my penis is hard for this episode. <laughs> very I loved good, it. Very nice. I thought that you know, we talked about the scene with the guy who was dying that Ellie shot, and uh, it was a good scene. It was emotionally impactful, but also that guy did a really good job job acting. And I thought in general that all the performances in this episode were really good. We didn't really talk about Kathleen a whole lot, but I thought she was acting her ass off. Uh, the guy who played Perry was his name, like Jeffrey Pierce. He was acting his ass off. All the performances were really good. All of the emotional moments hit exactly the way they should have. Um, the action was really good. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and do five and a half Percocets out of seven. Really satisfying. Good episode of television. But probably not on par with the first two, which I really, really, really liked. So yeah, five and a half out of seven. Well, now it's just uh, down to one co-host i thought this episode was pretty good you know got some good moments of bonding but a lot of exposition uh, a lot of questions brought up 
and not answered, I would probably have to say this is my least favorite episode of the season so far. Uh, but it's not because I didn't like it. It's because the other episodes are really good. So, uh, even though it ended on a diarrhea joke, even though it had good puns, and potentially two of the best emotional bonding scenes, and some really good acting, I'm going to have to give this uh, four out of seven Percocets. That's fair. I'm not mad at that. I hoped it would make you matter, but... I appreciate your support. (laughs) (laughs) That's a solid score. Technically, it's my least favorite of the episodes also, but I just wouldn't phrase it that way. But technically, yes, that's true. You guys, I wanted to bring something up that we forgot to talk about was the song at the end of this episode, which is an 80s song. Uh Uh-oh, we know what that means. True Faith, but from New Order. It's the 80s song at the end. 80s means bad times coming, right? Yeah, it means trouble. Was this literally like rolling from the last scene like to the credits or whatever? Or was it the credit song? Yeah, I think it was the rolling to the credits. Okay. I wouldn't even fucking paid attention to that. I mean, it seems a little redundant because we already know that there's trouble, but yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really not really adding any context. Wait, uh, you mean them getting held at gunpoint is bad? Guys, what? those guys were not going to give them candy for sure now. I am positive after hearing this song. I don't know, Patrick. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> They're like, hey, you guys hungry? <laughs> well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. I love doing this, and I can't wait to see where this show takes us next, because the next episode couldn't be worse than this one. Um, <laughs> uh, John, I don't know how to sign. Oh, wait. Oh, hey, that's a whole thing. I might have to like edit this out and pull up any of our Thank stuff. you so much, everybody, for listening to the podcast. You can send us an email at dragonsdragonsdragonspod at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at DDDPod. You can also tweet at Jesse at Jesse underscore wind. And until next time, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> hell, hell yeah, yeah brother. brother. <laughs> hell yeah. Is, is that fine or do you want to take it, Jesse? Hell yeah, brother. Fungus, brother. Fungus. Fungus. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> hell yeah, fungus. <laughs> Hell yeah, fungus. <laughs> fungus. Fungus, yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fungus, yeah, fungus. <laughs> <laughs>